I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Millennials Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And we are here. This is our Christmas Eve episode. This is our Christmas special. Oh, it's a special now? Yes. Okay, alright. It's special because the, we can't do our podcast. Because, <laughs> as everyone knows, this podcast is strictly about topical political news. Mm-hmm. And the government shut down. That's true. So the government, in effect, took away our podcast from us. Killed our whole job. Yeah, we're doing it anyway, yeah. just to prove we can. Right. Because we, the only stuff we ever talk about on this podcast is what's going on in the government. We've never talked about movies we, or video games. We have the most focused podcast. <laughs> we're going to have to deviate from that just a little bit. We are going to have to, yeah. Because there is no government news. Because That's they true. have stopped doing their own jobs. <laughs> Which, uh, hold on, it's just a partial government shutdown, remember? It's a partial, so there's still mm. some stuff to talk about. Yes. So you're going to get a partial podcast. Of course. <laughs> Who's still open? Let's list them. Uh, Senate. Senate. Congress. Co- okay, that's most of the government, actually. Uh, well, no, because it only the, the government shutdown only applies to the actual people who need to do work, like the post office and the fucking, out of the troops. <laughs> no, it's not a lot of the troops. Post office shut down? Uh, no, no, no. The, the, the thing is, you got, is the, the service is still run, but they ain't getting paid is the problem. Oh. So they're like, how fucked up is that? Your job still exists, but you don't get paid to do it. Yeah, and the people who shut down the government, even when they're not doing work, they, get to, they, can, they can just um, still get paid. Yeah, they're getting paid. The, the, the congressman, the senators, the president, they're all still getting their yeah, paycheck. Payroll. Do you ever wonder if the president gets one lump paycheck for the entire year, or if they get a two-week paycheck like we do? I always wondered that. Like one, one thing I was thinking about, I was thinking about Obama. Like mm-hmm. these days, you see, oh, Obama's on a jet ski. Obama's playing basketball with Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, Obama's life's cool. But I always wonder, like now that he's not president anymore, does we still just give him money? Does he still get like a direct deposit every two weeks? Does he just live off of his savings? Like, what's the deal? Like, when, when do they? When do these guys actually get paid? Like, when, I, when, how does it actually work? I don't know the exact schedule. But I know that Obama and every president before him and after him too have made way more money after being president. Yeah, because then you can get like a deal with Nike and like make shoes. And stuff. Did you, you, just, you, you just go to Wall Street and give speeches every couple of months? And they'll pay you one point five million dollars, you know, yeah. and you can yeah. live off of that. You can do a book deal or have a fucking Netflix deal with your company called Higher Ground Productions. Calm down. A weird thing for us to get mad about, right? I hope you cling to that fucking higher ground, you fuckers, when yeah, the sea rises. They have a company. They have a deal with Netflix. There's nothing yeah. wrong with any of this. I was just wondering the logistics of how he actually gets money now. Yeah. It's any president. By graft. That's like Jimmy all politicians. Does his book still sell? I don't think Jimmy Carter needs money at this point. Yeah. Remember back... You don't remember this. We were alive. Yeah. But remember hearing about the fact that Jimmy Carter had to give away his peanut farm here in Georgia yeah. to become president? And it was like a big deal. It was like, no, he has to do this. It's a, con- a convoluted interest for him to own a farm mm-hmm. in a state. Whereas now... 
politicians can keep all their ties with all corporations that are directly influencing their politics, and it's not a conflict of interest anymore. No, do whatever you want. Yeah. Do whatever the fuck you want. It's okay. It's it's, it's the thing is the rules only apply in 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 politics here in America when Democrats are doing it. Yes. So Republicans don't give a shit, or if it's small enough graph, they don't give a fuck. So. Because uh, the Democrats don't know how to compete with the Republicans. I've said it before, but politics in America is they're trying to play a fucking a checkers match, alright? The Democrats are sitting here like, okay, king me. And the Republicans have gotten up from their seat and are burning the house down around them while stealing the silverware. It's They're not playing the same game anymore. They haven't been for a long time. Does that make you upset that Jimmy Carter wasn't a good president? Uh, wasn't he just a mediocre president? Like, he didn't yeah, do anything? Like, Gerald Ford? Don't you kind of want him to be great because he's from Georgia? Like, he's the only one from our home state, and he was just, like, not even that great. You know? I like, mean, it feels like he's very representative of Georgia. Why couldn't he be, like, the one who made sex legal? I don't know, I don't know what... <laughs> I don't know when he was president. I can't. I don't know what was illegal back then. Uh-huh. Why could he? Why could he made something cool legal? Yeah, like uh, I don't know what he could have done. That made uh, he could, hey, you know what? He could have made weed legal back in the day. Yeah, could have done it. Oh, he could have, he could have busted up all monopolies in America. That's and, true. Uh, giving everyone an giving everyone an equal playing ground. That would have been an awesome thing for one of our presidents to do. He's actually done more now that he's not president than when yeah, he was he got, president. He got his damn peanut farm back. That's true. He went and took it back to people he sold it to. No, he's like a, he's like international negotiator now or yeah, some he shit. Like, some crazy stuff now. Sells you, books and talks to people about what they're doing wrong. Hey, good for him. I yeah, guess. I guess. He's the, you know, there's that picture recently of like him with all, all the other living presidents, and they all died, and now he's still alive with all the new living presidents. <laughs> it's like wild that he's still there. He looks he's just old as shit now, though. He's, Jimmy Carter's immortal. He's gone any day now. But you sure? He's just so old. I mean, he can still walk and talk, which is more than you say for H.W. Bush and shit. Yeah, they, they were... George Sr. was in a bad way. But, you know, he kind of deserved it, you know? Hey, you know what, by the way? Merry Christmas. H.W. Bush is in hell. Yeah, that's all, that's all that matters. That's the Illennials Podcast Christmas salute. Or <laughs> message to all the listeners. Uh, Bush Sr. and John McCain are both in hell right now, and yeah. it's pretty great. I hope that John McCain is in hell getting tortured by the Vietnamese people he killed also, back in the I war. Hope when they go to hell... They keep all that physical ailments they had here in the oh in the for world, sure mortal world the mortal realm. Well, did you ever see that cartoonist that guy did about about uh H W Bush? It showed him getting to heaven and Barbara Bush was there, but they're still both old and disgusting. And you're like, wouldn't you want to be like in your physical prime in heaven? Like, yeah. isn't that sort of like the deal? Or you'd hope it would be. This cartoonist made something about H W going to heaven. Yeah, he's wrong. I know, of course, but let them wow. live in their fantasy land where. Any president's going to heaven. Yeah, just because they're president, they're they're good. Speaking of presidents and how terrible they are, did you hear about the the final, uh, thank blessedly final Hamilton track? A final Hamilton. Wait, there's a new. There's, there's a new still, Hamilton. Song? They keep putting out songs that are like Hamilton songs. How do they keep this? The musical has been written and right, produced yeah. and performed. How are they making? They're calling them like the B sides or something like this. I don't know, like songs that didn't get used in the actual. I don't oh, know. Okay. So Anyways. They put him out for a long time, and now he's coming to the final one, where it's Lin Manuel Miranda, and he's doing his rapping, and in the background is Obama reading a section from George Washington's, like when he when he resigned or whatever, like his whole thing about how don't let petty factionalisms put the country up, and it's just like I hear I haven't listened to the track, and I never will, but I've heard it in my head, I've imagined it, and I can feel the strength draining from my body. So. 
this leads me to probably my best idea I've had on the podcast. We are going to do our own version of Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll, it doesn't matter how good it is. We'll make it, it'll be the socialist, communist, utopia of a musical uh-huh. that just scathes capitalism. It's awesome. Instead of Lin-Manuel Miranda, we'll have like, I don't know, Kendrick Lamar up there with No, no, we have so. to get his mortal enemy, Immortal Technique. Immortal? Yes! We're going to get Immortal Technique to put him in a trash can on stage. Hell yes! And then, whenever it's done and over, and it's all super successful, and we've changed, and then everyone's like, man, maybe this is cool. We'll release a bonus track. And it'll be Ja Rule <laughs> yelling nonsense over someone, I don't know, how about... Um, like Michael Sheen or somebody. Okay. Or no, no, no. Now, what's the name of that guy? The creepy guy from... Wait, is Michael Sheen the guy who plays General Zod in... What's in the, that guy's name? Oh, uh, fuck. I don't know his name, dude. Creepy He's, guy. He, he read that thing. Uh, Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Michael yeah. Shannon. We'll have Michael Shannon read, like, the Communist Manifesto and then have Ja Rule just screaming what, <laughs> literally whatever he wants on a microphone. We won't give him a script. Yeah. That'll be our bonus track after it comes out. Well, hey, we have to get Ja Rule because Ja Rule has done more for the revolution than anybody in the past yeah. 20 ja some years. Ja Rule once trapped a bunch of the bourgeoisie on an island and let them starve. Yeah. So... <laughs> I mean... All we could have done was one Predator drone strike. We could have solved a lot of problems. Last week we did a list of the leftist celebrities we have. We're at Ja Rule. At Ja Rule. admitted it yet, but Ja Rule is on the list. Ja Rule, man. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. Um, Man, what do you think Ja Rule... I think he's in court right now for that still. I think he's still doing that. Yeah, I know the guy that... The the guy who actually set up the whole thing that wasn't um, Ja Rule, the, the... He was like... He almost looked 17 years old, that white kid. He got, like, fucking, I don't know how many years, a bunch of years in prison and, like, all this, like, this punishment. Because, like, and, and the funny thing is, that kid actually shows remorse because he was, he was like, yeah, I'm dumb. I did not know how much work it would be to do all this stuff. And I just chewed over a bunch of people. And they're like, yes, you did. We, we're glad you admitted it. You're in jail now. Well, the thing is, is he only got punished because he's because he uh, he hurt rich people. If he did it to poor people, they wouldn't nobody give a shit because who's going to bring a legal defense against him or a legal attack? And one thing I read about actually that is almost more depressing for the whole scenario. I mean, not, I mean, it's still their fault for doing it, but um, the fire festival. The whole thing about it was these t- the tickets were, were kind of expensive because there's all this like, cool technology that was wanted and all these cool bands. Um, but they actually had a lower tier package that a lot of like lower to middle class people were buying because they're like. Because like it almost it sounded nice for how much money they were paying to be flown to an island and have all this this cool stuff happen, um, so they were trapped as well with mm. these bourgeoisie people. So it only it kind of sucked for them too that like they thought they they like made this price tier that was just available to you know just in the reach of these people. So that kind of sucked too that they they were trapped there. So they should have risen up and eaten them for sustenance. Yeah. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Uh. So the government shut down. Yes. And do and in case people Ooh. don't know why the government is shut down partially, it's because our big wet president wants his wall. He wants his wall across the border, which is which stretches across thousands of miles of, of different kinds of terrain, and he absolutely needs it. He is throwing a tantrum he until he gets surprisingly, it. Surprisingly, uncharacteristically beating a baby about it. <laughs> And uh, you have to wonder, how long will this continue? Because Democrats are legendary for craving. Crate. No, for caving. Caving. Yeah. And not they the kind... They don't crave anything. Cave. Yeah, they crave to cave. Like, what cave next? <laughs> What's the next thing we can give up all of our power for? Yeah. So, but they've apparently, Nancy Pelosi uh, and Chuck Schumer uh, are putting their feet down on this one. Chucky S. Chucky S, man. Uh... They're putting their feet down, and they're apparently holding the line on this. It's been 
four days, but we'll see. It would be hilarious if the Democrats manage to just keep on if if there's if they just continue to be gridlocked and no one gets anything done and it stretches on for a long time, that'd be pretty fucking cool actually. What if we Truman show Trump? And oh. just put a bunch of footage of them building a wall. And just some fake Hollywood set of them building a wall. He'll never go. He'll he never believe know. it. He'll, he'll be like, oh, the wall's looking great. We can make it We can make it miles high. Yeah. Like, oh, look how cool and big our wall is. He'll be like, yeah, that's awesome. He'll never know. And even more than that, all of his like base will believe it too. Because yeah. if he says it's true, they believe it. But the person you really got to look out for in the Trump administration is the one guy who's got any brains at all. And he's got a lot of brains that's forced all his hair off of his head. Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller. Have you, did you see that disastrous interview where he showed up with the with the sprayed on hair? Yes. Oh my god, dude! Looking like Lex Luthor from the fucking seventies. Yeah, you could get like, I mean, there are. You're at a TV studio. There's people there who like could make you a. Like, if you honestly want to look at your hair, they could get you a wig or a toupee that looks better than that. He literally, it literally just looks like black spray paint on his head. It doesn't yeah. look any any good at all. Mm-mm. Rough, rough, dire situation. Yeah. And but since he's the, he's like the last man standing from the original Trump, like not cabinet, but like advisors, I guess. Like Bannon's gone, Ow. Omarosa's gone, uh, whatever her name was, Trump was fucking is gone. Everyone's gone. What's but the, what was that one dude? He got this the skeevy. Like, I guess he, I think he was like Italian or Greek or something. Oh, Scaramucci. Scaramucci. The mooch. The mooch is gone. Gone. Sean Spicer. Sean gone. Spicer. Uh, but Stephen Miller Spicer. remains. Barely nowhere. <laughs> Stephen Miller remains. He has gone nowhere. Uh, he is remaining on this team, and he is uh, an unrepentant white nationalist to his core. And he is constantly whispering in Trump's ear, like of what to do. And Trump believes him. I don't know why. Uh, he looks like a little fucking uh, I don't know naked mole rat turned into a human being. But Trump respects his word. So he's the guy we gotta look out for. Very dishonorable. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I don't know what qualifies somebody. Like what? Do, what does Trump take into consideration when he wants to trust somebody? What? What is it? What is it? What do they need? Panache? No, I don't know. Uh, I don't even know. I, I, I think I, Miller has panache. Having watched him throughout these last two years, I don't think Trump needs any qualifications to listen to somebody. That's what I'm thinking. It's the last person that spoke to him is who he agrees with. You could literally get in there and, and read him the Communist Manifesto and he would be a communist until the next person yeah, spoke to him. the next person was like, maybe no, and then he'd be right back normal. Exactly. <laughs> he has no internal thoughts whatsoever. It's all no. just surface completely. So that's what we're dealing with. Luckily, though... uh we did get something good out of this. We got we got a good recent development, and that is that the U.S. is going to be pulling our troops out of Syria and half our troops out of Afghanistan. This is obviously just popular PR moves that Trump is making to take take pressure off of everything else. But as a person who opposes American imperialism, less American troops overseas is a win for us. Yeah. I've seen a lot of liberals, a lot of liberals now complaining about the fact that we're pulling our troops out of these places. And I have yet to see one good reason why we should have anybody overseas in these in these areas doing anything. Yeah. We created the problems, right? And we're not going to be able to fix them by doing more shit. You, you can't fight fire with fire. And so we're just going to have to... That's how it is. Liberals. Suck our dicks. <laughs> I'm just saying. Be, be something or be nothing. Yeah. I guess. Uh... Figure out a better a better path. Liberals, I mean, much like 
most of the Democrats we talk about, they don't really they don't really seem to stand for much. They seem to they seem to want band aid fixes for everything. They're like they they have all these good ideas, like mm-hmm. oh we people should be socially equal, you know, and then they're like, oh, cool, stuff like gay marriage is legal now, and they're like, oh, that's a big win for us, so they don't think, maybe if we were more economically equal, that would actually make us socially equal, and they don't, they don't think that far. Right. So, it's just like, what are you, what are you actually achieving with, you know, all these band-aids you have, so. Yeah, liberals just want to do, they want to, they want to uh, fix a social issue, if they can, and that's, oh, that's cool, that's good, we should yeah. definitely do that, but it doesn't, being able to get married uh, when you're gay is good. We should have that, but how does that help you survive if your job can still discriminate against you and deny you pay? And there's no support system. There's no. There's no safety net yeah, for you. There's no economic safety net for these people. Right. Then, and what quality of life do they have past this new right they have? I think they can't even afford afford to get married. Oh, they can get married though. Yeah. Cool. I think 27 states in America, it's still legal to fire someone for being transgender. For no other reason than that. You can just fire them for that. Yeah, that's, over half, that's over half our states. Yeah. And there's also states, I'm pretty sure a similar amount, where it's legal to kill a transgender person uh, if, if you had sex with them. And you didn't, and you claim you didn't know, you can then murder them for, de- for like the deception. Wow. That's, that's a I'm li- literal loophole. I'm to check this fact, but I don't not believe it. It's happened multiple times. I've seen, I keep seeing news stories about it. Like, transgender prostitute gets murdered because the John didn't know she was trans until afterwards. Yeah. A he said, he this, says. Yeah. Look at this champion of human rights who's killing these transgender people because <laughs> they lied to him. Oh, man. It's fucking sad, dude. Um, the way we mistreat transgender people in America is just the fucking pits. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's it's one of those things where I don't understand how people are mad about it because it literally does not affect your life at all. Yeah. People are like, oh, the bathroom issue. Who gives a fuck? Who's looking at somebody else in the bathroom? Yeah. The bathroom is a place of silent reflection. And then people are like, oh, well, compared to like Russia, we're great at transgender people. And it's like, yeah, but we shouldn't just want to be comparatively good. We should yeah. just want to be good. You right, know? We yeah. Want to be fair and equal to all people. Yeah. yeah. For sure, Chechnya is putting them into camps and murdering them. Yeah, we're better than that, but that's not... That's not obviously, we're better than that. We shouldn't strive just to be better. Yeah. It's so weird. The people are just... like, as long as we're 1% better than the other guy, I'm done. You know, we're, we're out of the game now. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's like all that matters is is just being a little bit better than the other guys, and you can forget about everything else. You can stop right there. We're good. And if someone gets ahead of us, well, it's a fucking tooth and nail struggle to get ourselves ahead of them as well. And it's not, it's not like we're the best country in the world on all these issues either. There are yeah. other countries out there that have better policies than we do. Yeah. And Iceland. Look them up. I'm pretty sure Iceland exists. So, yeah, definitely yeah. look them up. They're a country that is, I think, it's, actually, isn't it pretty big, Iceland? Or is, that, no, is Greenland the big one? But Greenland is covered in ice, and Iceland is, is, is covered in green. Yeah. I can't like remember. Their names are switched. Right. Which, one's, which one's bigger? I think Greenland's the big one, because it's the one that's icy most of the time. It's above Canada or yeah. whatever. I think. We really showed our knowledge here on yeah. this podcast of international geography. Um, so, yeah, government shutdown. And another good side effect of the government being shut down is the stock market is taking a fucking shit today. And it has been for the past couple of weeks. That's awesome. We we recently saw the Dow go below 24,000. And then 23, 20, today it went below 22. Um, I think it was before Trump took office, it was 19,000. Uh, so if we it stays on track by the time of January 20th, it'll be below where he, when he took office in, in 2016 or 2017. 
So, yeah. It'll be pretty fucking funny if his all the gains of his first two years are wiped out because of the trade war and the tax cuts. That's good. <laughs> a lot of people are not happy about this. A lot of folks are scared uh, about the economy going down. But, hey, you know, if it causes a crash, it causes a crash. Yeah, we've had them before. And it's going to crash anyways. Crashes are endemic of capitalism. You yeah, can't get away from not, it. Not really a way to sustain the system, honestly. We just had, we had, I think, the worst week of the stock market since 2008. Man, something happened in 2008. Yeah. What was and it? I feel like... How, and it's funny how whenever the banks fail, the government has to bail them out. And it's like, okay, cool, but what if the government were instead bailing out the people mm-hmm. by giving them more economic safety net, so maybe a universal basic income, maybe... We wouldn't need these stock markets, and maybe there would be a better, you know, um, quality of life. Because even after the 08 crash, people still blame the government. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, the government should have acted faster. It's like, what do you mean? If you if you truly believe that capitalism works, you would think that the government shouldn't have been involved in that, in that transaction at all, and the bank should have failed failed and died right there. Right, yeah. That's that's how the dream of capitalism capitalism is. If, you're, if your business is good, you will be around forever, and if you fail, you fail, and you never come back. Right, yeah. But these guys weren't allowed to come back because the government bailed them out. So, you know, is capitalism really working? Right then, capitalism doesn't work. Right when you're getting bailed out and everyone's claiming it has to happen, capitalism doesn't work anymore. Like the, all these free market freaks who talk about how the, uh, the government should be as, as hands-off as possible with, with all the market stuff, it, they don't understand that if those banks were to have crashed and the government had not bailed them out, the world economy would have been plunged into fucking darkness. It would have been untold amounts of chaos. And in their opinion, that's what should have happened, but they don't say that. Now they talk about the fact that, the, oh no, the crash only happened because the government was too strict in the first place. They were they too hands-on with the banks to begin with. What the fuck are you talking about? Bill Clinton got rid of the fucking the banking acts in the 1990s when he came into office, and then you see the accumulation of capital, you see the fucking credit bubble start, and then the housing market plunges uh, goes under in 2007. This is not the government's fault. It's all capitalism. It eats itself constantly. It's a system that requires constant growth, and when that gives out, it fucking devours itself. Yep. And the people who pay for it in the end will be us. It will be the little people on the ground. They, we, we are Our tax money bailed the fucking banks out, yep. and we're still paying for it today. And they're talking about the fact that, oh no, the, the, the recession's all on our heads. Don't let us talk ourselves into a recession. It's fucking coming. Every 10 years, capitalism has a little hiccup. And then sometimes the hiccups are bigger than other ones. And I feel like we never fully recovered in 2007. And so now it's going to get even worse in 2019. Yeah. We're on track for a repeat of, of, of 1929, I think, uh, in 2029. Yeah. We'll see if, we'll see if it, we let it get that bad. But yeah, it's definitely possible. And it's uh, it's just one of those things where like capitalism or, or free market people say that the state should be as small as and as and as uh, hands off as possible. But capitalism requires the power of the state to hold on to its property because if it didn't have the government and the cops and the military protecting its property, it will be seized by the people again, the people who it actually belongs to. So the the state and capitalism are are they're intertwined. You can't get rid of them. So I don't understand the whole the whole point of calling for the end of the state or the state's power to be reduced. 
Well, they want is to take power, the regulatory capacity is reduced. Yeah. Hey, just, just, hey, you know what? Just trust the fat cats. Trust the greedy guys. They'll figure it out. They definitely won't fuck you and then eat your corpse. You know. People who literally profit off of your despair have your best interest in mind. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I mean, it's it all stems from that. It all, it all grows out of that whole thing. So, seeing the markets tumble... Doesn't actually mean anything uh, like for us now, but if it were to crash, and we see a repeat of 2007, maybe this time we could galvanize it as something better than the Occupy. We could actually get in the streets and get some work done, because I mean, what else are we gonna do? We're running out of options here. Yeah. Yeah. You just a second ago you said tumble. Uh huh. And tumble sounds like tunnel. <laughs> so we have a. <laughs> We have a tunnel-related story. One of those classic Illinials transitions. Yes, that we have been prodded on for so long. Oh, yeah. In the comment section. Definitely. So, Seth, what's going on with tunnels? So, um, the... First of all, boring company. Can we talk about this for a second? Mm-hmm. Elon Musk named his stupid, let's make cool shit company called the Boring Company as, like, a joke. Well, it's, yeah, it's his tunneling company specifically, but yeah... Yeah, so it's like, oh, because they're boring, but they're also... Because they make a flamethrower, you know? It's like, oh, it's boring, but we make a flamethrower. Right. So, first of all, fuck you for that. Like, Mm -hmm. no surprise to anyone in this podcast listeners that we don't like Elon Musk. But, uh, so the Boring Company has been working on something recently. They decided to do their big unveiling of it. And uh, why don't you you run down what this this, uh, invention they had is. So, uh, the Boring Company... Which, by the way, I was under, I was under the conception that it had invented a new novel way of boring tunnels. It does not. It, it bought its fucking boring machines from other mining companies, and their idea to solve the traffic issue is to build these tunnels. They built like I think a, a, a couple mile long test track out in California now, which they demonstrate in the video, and they're gonna build these tunnels underneath like a subway, like a subway. Like a train tunnel under the ground, okay? All right. Underground railroad. Exactly, perhaps. Something like that. But no, we're going to build this tunnel. We're going to put a, a track in it. Almost like a train as well. And then we're going to put an elevator, which is different from how trains work. They usually use a, a, a staircase to get down in there. But okay, all right, weird elevators, all right. And on the elevator goes your car. Your Tesla. Specifically your Tesla. Yes. Which is then going to drive up to the track and be accelerated to 150 miles per hour, and you're just going to sit back and relax as your car zooms your ass to wherever it is you want to go on their predefined track. Yes. So what they've done, in effect, is build a shitty subway. Yeah, they've built, no, they've actually built what would be an amazing way for public transportation to become cheap and long distance, and they've made it just for people who buy their $80,000 cars. They've decided that a train car needs to only hold one to four people yes. and accelerate on its own independently through this tunnel. Yes. Okay. And the people who are in the train car need to own it. Right, yeah. You have to own your own train car. Mm-hmm. How is this not just the logical... Like, this is how capitalism handle mass transit. Yeah. It would be mass for a very select yeah. few. It's mass for people who can afford it. And I'm just thinking to myself, okay, let's say this worked. Let's say that it, you somehow got the cost of Teslas down and everyone was buying Teslas. Okay, you take an elevator to get down into it. 
your traffic issues are not going to be resolved by waiting yeah, for a fucking elevator. Yeah, each car stops like in an elevator, go all the way down, and then zoom across the track. Right. Yeah. So you still be waiting in a line to get there. Sure, you get your destination in the end faster, but getting in that car, in the elevator is going to take just as long. Yeah. If there's twenty Teslas lined up waiting to get in, how how fast can that thing fucking operate? Not yeah. very fast from the, in the video, anyways. And even then, and, it's, then, and then you have to get these tunnels to go because people like the whole reason people need to go far, far distances to go across a state or across a big city. You have to get the clearances to dig. You have to dig under the entire country, or at least mm-hmm. at least under one state and one city. Yeah, dig under the whole thing to build this. And then, like once again, if this if this idea were to go to its logical conclusion, you'd be under the entire country. Yeah. How is that? How is that even going to work? How are you going to get clearance for this? Well, right now, what they want to do is they want to have it just within a city, certain points you can get to. And Musk says it'll feel like teleporting from one point in the city to the other. Yes. First of all, it won't. No. Second of all, you are never, ever, ever going to get through the incredible amount of bureaucratic tape that it, and paperwork it would take to build a bunch of fucking tunnels under a city. Like, does anyone, does no one remember why Paris doesn't have any skyscrapers? Because it's fucking riddled with catacombs underneath. It can't take the weight. You're not going to be able to do this, man. Let's, yeah. let's take all these coastal cities, too. All these, like, let's take San Francisco and Los Angeles and New York, you know, built on coastlines. And let's tunnel under those sons of bitches. It'll be great. Yeah. What is the worst thing happen? It'll work just fine. And I saw this, and Seth, I made the mistake of reading the comments on Twitter. I, 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 oh I scrolled through them. Anything that Elon Musk touches is so fucking funny. There, uh, first of all, I saw maybe eight Pickle Rick avatars. Of course. And yes. I saw one person who suggested, hey, Elon, when you do this, maybe you should have every Tesla station theme after a different kind of sci-fi. You know, cyberpunk and Neo-Tokyo and Star Wars. And... Reading that made me want to die. I just yeah. wanted to die. Right. <laughs> this person exists. I want this person. If you listen to this podcast, <laughs> I want you to hit me up. I'll play you 1v1 in Smash. <laughs> and I will, I'll take you to the cleaners for what you just said. <laughs> Don't you disrespect cyberpunk. Because literally these things are anti-cyberpunk. Yeah, that's true. It's true. We we live in cyberpunk. We're living in it right we live now. We in the shitty cyberpunk. And there, but the, the thing is, there's no punk. It's all cyber and no yeah. punk. And it's just like the corporations rule our lives and every asset of, our, of civilization, and there's yeah. no one resisting them. It's not recently this this bombshell article came out revealing that uh, Facebook sold our data to like Netflix and Hulu and AT and T. It's like that's not we've known about this. We've yeah. known this forever. Honestly, right now, do, do me a favor. Just say the word Domino's a couple of times and open up Instagram. The first thing you're gonna see is a Domino's ad. Okay, they're not they're not hiding anything from you anymore. They're clearly selling everything to everybody and listening to you and spying on you. And this, this, these articles, they're like, oh, we finally have all this proof. It's like, I didn't need the proof. I already knew. Okay? Yeah. Do, how about this? How about you do me some justice? <laughs> how about that part? I would get to that step first. It's like when the Xbox first came out with the Kinect. I immediately said, I will never use this. This is a bad idea. You plug it in and listen to you all the, always, right? And the Xbox One came out, and you can at any point... Say out loud Xbox on, and it will hear you and turn on. Now you tell me how it's doing that yeah. if it's not always listening. Yeah, explain, explain it. Uh, explain, uh, Amazon explain it with the Alexa because when you say Alexa, play this, it listen, it hears you. Mm-hmm. And the people are like, oh, was well, it always listening to me? They're like, no, it only ever listens for its trigger word. When it hears Alexa, it does stuff. Everything else is everything else that it doesn't hear. Everything, everything else that just happens around it isn't recorded or saved in any way it only starts listening when you say alexa 
And no one asked them questions past that. No one's like, oh. What? No one's like, oh, that, that makes perfect sense. It has to always be listening to hear Alexa. Yep. It can't. It can't magically predict you're about to say Alexa. Yeah. What? And sure, you can. And sure, even on on the large scale, maybe they're not saving all of your conversations, or maybe they are saving conversations where the millennials say "fuck Jeff Bezos." <laughs> maybe they are saving that. Maybe they're you know doing stuff with that. Maybe they're trying to sentimentally ana- analyze uh, analyze people on how they talk in their own homes. Right. And you know who knows if one day because they're already team, they're already teaming up with this Palantir place that's going to try to take crime. Who knows one day if you know you're. A person is trying to get by in life, and you're talking about, you know, you're just selling marijuana because it's still illegal in your state. Um, and then the police knock on your door and say, that, oh, we just happen to know somehow randomly that you're doing this. Now you're arrested. You know, what, where's that, that going to lead us? you know when you buy your fucking Alexa, you sign an EULA or some shit where it probably has some tiny clause hidden down there that says, by the way, everything you say, we can listen to it and tell the cops. You know there's in there somewhere. No one ever reads those fucking things. No one knows. So, of course, they can do that. Yep. Because now the cops got probable cause and your ass is going to jail. What's going to happen to you in jail? You're going to become fucking slave labor. You can go fucking build microchips for fucking Bill Gates or some shit. Yep. That's how it works. Now they got you in the system and now you're there forever. Welcome to America. People used to always tell me when I was a kid how terrible the Soviet Union was. They said they had gulags they'd throw you into and they'd kill you for opposing their politics. And they'd just fucking murder you and your entire family. And now that I'm older and I'm an adult and I've fucking got some brain cells in my head, very few of them are there, I can rub them together and think to myself, how is it different from our mil- from our prison industrial complex? Yeah. How is it any different from putting people in jail in a for-profit prison and making them work for some yeah. company? At least in Soviet Russia, the decency to just fucking kill you. And at least if you, in Soviet Russia, if you were in a gulag, you weren't being worked for profit. You know, you were working in that camp for busted rocks for the, the state. Sure, I'd rather do that than work for someone else's yeah. profit. That's it's insane. And it's like literally, it's actually slave labor. Yeah. I mean, of course, at the end of the day, uh, you get to make like 10 cents an hour, which is not even nearly close to being considered even something somewhat near a livable wage, obviously. No. Um, but you're living in prisons, so it's fine. You know, it's like mm-hmm. oh, good money for a commissary, but no, really, they're just fucking you over and getting free labor. And then you have to understand, you have to think one step further. You think, okay, so if he's, okay, there's these for profit prisons, but they're only making, they're only making the bad people do the work. Maybe that's okay. Maybe that's okay. Maybe that maybe you and your dumb liberal brain can somehow explain that to yourself. But if you think one step further, well, wait a minute. If they get they can get pretty much absolutely free labor from people who are being arrested and put in jail, what's stopping them from just arresting more people and putting them in jail for things that maybe they didn't even do or maybe they don't even need to be punishable by putting in prison? Yeah. Maybe maybe they do that. And then so now people who are either innocent or did a crime that shouldn't be punishable or uh, punishable or prison time are now working for them for free as well. And it's and now that's when, once again, the whole system breaks down. That's when you start to realize that they're just fucking us from the top. And and even then, think about it this way. We've learned already in this country through various special reports over the past couple of years that public defender's offices are completely overworked, have no ability to actually defend anybody. And so when you're trying to defend yourself in court, you have to have a lawyer, and lawyers are expensive. But you a public defender, right? It says it right there. You know, you're entitled to, to a public defender... But they fucking suck. Not for their own fault. They have 17 people today to work to work on and no time to review all those cases. So they're not going to be able to help you. So really, they can arrest anyone they wanted and put them in prison because you don't have the money to defend yourself. 
And what are you going to do? You're going to fight them? No, you're going to take your fucking plea yeah. deal and do a couple years in jail. That's free labor for them. Yeah, and if you do fight, let's say that you're a person who just wants to fight the hardest. You don't care. You hire a good lawyer and you take out loans. You go in debt to them. You win the case. Well, now you're in debt to somebody and you're, you're going to be in debt to a corporation. So you're still paying for them in, in the end. Right, no yeah. No matter what. And it's, it's all one big fucking grift. Yeah. It's all wheels within wheels that are designed to extract profit from us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase... Something that I've paraphrased many times on this show from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Capitalism is one big ass blast. <laughs> you get blasted in the ass no matter where you move unless you are rich. Yeah. In which case, you are the ass blaster. That's true. And the, and the thing is, is that we would like to stop the ass blasting. We want to end yes. it. And we want to end it not just for ourselves or for a select few people, but for everybody. Yeah, no one's getting ass blasted unless you want to be ass blasted. That's true. That'll be in a much different context. And yeah. It'll be all consensual. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. And we, we need to join together as a people. We need to work towards our, our goals as a class, which should be the overthrow of the bourgeoisie. Yes. And... Seize the means of production for ourselves yes. and running the economy democratically because there is no other way. It's either it's either we do that, either we, we sack up and we fucking take over, or they're going to literally kill all of us. Yes. They are going to warm this planet up until we're all dead and they're safe in their little bunkers. And they're going to get in spaceships and go somewhere else. That's true. They're going to get in their fucking spaceships and fly off to fucking Mars or some and shit. And then they'll have robots. They'll do everything for them and they won't need any of us anymore. There'll be like five people in existence. Yeah, exactly. That's The, the thing is, the future's communism. It depends on who it's for, though. Is it for the many or for the few? Because they're going to live in a post-capitalist society and these, these rich people with their fucking robots. It'll be the techno-utopia that communism want to achieve, yep. but it'll be just for them. And I say, fuck that. Hell no. Yeah, we are rolling out, not just, people always say get out the guillotine. Let's get out a couple. Yeah. Let's get out two, three, five, ten hey. guillotines. Exactly. And uh, let's end this 1% thing. There's only 1% of them. Yeah. Get rid of them. That's true. Boom. It's, it's honestly disgusting how how we let them continue to push us and push us and push us further and further and further on until our just our backs are against the wall. Like, what are you going to do? And I wonder at what point will the what will be the breaking point? And we get, the thing is, we can't just sit around and wait for this to happen. We have to fucking, first of all, organize and work for it. Because when it happens, and it will happen... We have to make sure it doesn't go bad. Because it, it can go bad. It has gone bad in other places yeah. across the world. And we need to make sure that doesn't happen. We don't want to end up with some dictator or just absolute chaos uh, in control. We have, to, we have to get together, band together, and come up with a solution. It's just, that's all we can do. Yeah. There's no other way around it. I gotta um, say, for, for the beginning of the show, I said that the government shut down. We're gonna stifle our political talk. I feel like we've done more political talk this episode than we have in the past two months. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so I wanted to tell you something, Seth. Go ahead. Lay it on me. This is uh, an article from... Damn. Bloomberg. article? I did, yeah. Uh, from Bloomberg.com. Cool. Uh, this is... The, the, the Economist retweeted it or whatever with a heading that says, um, unions may have been a better deal than textbooks may amount to be. And this is an article by Noah Smith, who is uh, a huge piece of shit. He's a 100% capitalist bootlegger, but occasionally even uh, blind hogs torch up a truffle. And his article's title is, Unions Did Great Things for the Working Class. Hey, what do you know? A fucking accurate statement here. So, here, here's a great line. You're going to love this. Okay, this is the very beginning of the article. 
Politically and economically, unions are sort of an odd duck. They aren't part of the apparatus of the state, yet they depend crucially on state protections in order to wield their power. That's the same as corporations. Yep. They're not part of the state either, but they need the state to survive. We talked about this already. This guy is starting to rub his brain cells together. <laughs> Next it goes, they're stakeholders in corporations, but often have adversarial relationships with management. And management doesn't have that relationship with the workers? What? What? Yeah. Historically, unions are a big reason that the working class won many protections and rights it now enjoys. Yes. But, yeah, true. But they often leave the working class fragmented and divided between different companies, between union and non-union workers, and even between different ethnic groups. This is mostly overstated bullshit, but unions did used to be pretty racist. Um, we kind of changed that with the civil rights movement, but everything was racist back also then. Also, the whole dumb idea of union and non-union workers should have just been killed by everyone should be in the union. Yeah, why would you not join the union? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Such a weird idea. I know why people don't join the unions because we're we 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 are a country that considers themselves to be temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Yeah, that's a problem. And that you know, and people, a lot of people think they should be they should be the individual. You know, oh, I'm, I'm going to do it by myself. You know, I don't need this union. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the Corporate, because, oh, I'll look better in the company's eye if I don't join mm. this union. And it just leads to a rabbit hole of just terrible ideas. Yeah. This is a great this is a great passage as well. Economists, too, have long puzzled about how to think about unions. They don't fit easily into the standard paradigm of, economic, of modern economic theory in which atomistic individuals and companies abide by rules overseen by an all-powerful government. Okay. Listen... They don't fit. You, you can't just say they don't, they don't fit into modern economic theory because that's just one economic theory. There's more than one. Yeah. There's one called Marxism, which could very well account for unions and pretty very, easily. Very does well account for them. <laughs> um, it says right here, uh, some economists see unions as, as a cartel protecting insiders at the expense of outsiders. According to this theory, unions raise wages but also drive unemployment. This is the interpretation of unions taught in many introductory courses and textbooks. I should probably tell you something. Interesting use of the word cartel there. It says right here, yeah, I know, right? I was trying to associate it with certain things. It says right here, if this were really what unions did, it might be worth it to, to simply slip into oblivion as private sector unions have been doing in the U.S. because unions have been going downhill pretty quickly. Uh, but the article goes on, basically, to say that that's all bullshit. The unions have raised wages and reduced unemployment because they, because of the way they work with the, with the manager class is they're going to win more protections for the workers. They're going to bring in more people as they do it. And they have done that. We've seen as unions have grown, employment also grew. And as unions declined, employment also declined because unions protected jobs and made room for workers. And they didn't anymore after they were gone. So, it's just so funny that we spent all these years talking about how bad unions were, and now suddenly mainstream economic journals are saying, maybe we were wrong. Maybe we were wrong. Yeah. You just, you just wonder, what's going on? Like, why is everyone all... It's like, it's like almost so, that one's being, everyone's being like, hey, that Marks guy, maybe he was right about a couple of things. things. I feel like a lot of the sentiment in these articles is... It's like, oh, the people are like, you know, maybe when you think about it, this is an idea. And like, they don't, they don't go all out and like embrace it because Bloom, like, something like Bloomberg can never be like, oh, we're leftist now because right. they'd lose all their funding. Um, but because they're just like, oh, this is an idea. Back to capitalism. Like, yeah. that's, the, that's the sentiment of all these, of all these articles is like, this is something that's cool and could work, but we still have to work in this system no matter what. It's always going to work and we have, we have to deal with it. So back to our regular articles. 
And so I don't know. I, I feel feel kind of um, torn over these. It's it's cool they're writing about this stuff and they're kind of making people think about it, but I don't think they're going far enough. And the other thing about it to me is. Like of course the, the fucking like Bloomberg and the Economist are not become leftists. That's just not how anything works. Yeah. We all we all know this, um, because it just it goes against their entire their the entire thing. But I have seen some places that are trying to unionize. Have you seen this? Like Vox, for instance, yeah, Vox.com. Vox. I think either did unionize or is trying. You know, they they did, I believe. And so is Vice, actually. Vice yeah, Media is trying nice. to also modern, um, uh, fucking, unionize. Fucking Onion guys did it. Yeah, they did. And so that gives me some hope these places are, are learning that unions are pretty important. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting how, especially in the, the like, let's, I'll talk about the Onion. I think they're just probably the most, the, the best news site you can go to. Um, it's interesting how them, the satire site, the site that, Maybe why it may not be outwardly leftist or socialist, a lot of their headlines are scathing over capitalism and scathing over our current uh, political situation. Um, they're the ones who are out and unionized. People like Vox. You know? mm-hmm. Vox, I mean, I don't know much about their politics, but they are very, you know, they're very media-centric. They're very, they, you know, they, they're about... They're very know. centrist liberal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even they're, even they're fighting for some unions. So mm-hmm. like, stuff like that, the fact that, you know, because like AV Club was the first one, and, the, and they, they've made a whole article saying... You know, we did this because we we deserve it. And he's like, even if the even if the idiots who work at the site can do it, you can do it too. Yeah. And that's that's what inspired people like Vox to go go after it. So I don't know. I think that that should um that should be more popular. And um you know even it, it might spread just where milk toast liberals are doing it, and that'll you know turn them into milk toast leftists. <laughs> <laughs> I think that as our economic conditions worsen. People are going to start to reevaluate their stances on unions. They're going to start thinking, "Hey, maybe we should all band together and like work on this together." Because if we're if we if we're united, they can't just fire one of us. They just fire all of us. Now, when their profits go down, wait a minute, we invented a union. What do you know? Here we are. I thought like we're going to have to reinvent the wheel on unions again. <laughs> just do this. Do this again. Uh, but speaking of unions, I have a passage here, Seth. I think you might enjoy. Is it by, like, James Joyce or something? It's actually uh, from a book by Miles Horton, or about Miles Horton. Who oh, he's from Horton Hears a Who. <laughs> he was a, a, a socialist back in the uh, uh, mid-19th uh, or 20th century um, who did a lot of work here in America to, to, to get unions off the, off, the, on the, off the ground and started here. And he was so effective at it that a company at one point hired some thugs to come kill him in his house. Okay. So here's a passage about what happened when these guys came to kill him. Starting off strong here. Damned communists, one of the men yelled. We're going to get you. Horton figured his time had come. Suddenly he remembered the long-barreled six-shooter which a holiness preacher who worked in the mills had given him when he first came to town. Despite Horton's claim that he didn't know how to use a gun and would rather not have one for fear it might cause trouble, the preacher had insisted he keep it. Horton raced to the dresser, got the pistol, and went back to the window, fearful he would shoot himself accidentally. Okay, he called to the men below. I'm ready for you. He let the gun barrel glint in the window. But it won't be as easy as you think. You've got to come in the hallway and you've got to come in the room and I'm going to protect myself. They laughed, one shouting back that protection wouldn't do much good. They got in their car and drove around the empty block. When they returned, one asked, You want to write a letter or your last words or testimony? Yeah, there's one thing I'd like to do more than anything and that's to organize people so they can do things for themselves. I think it would be good if we organize you fellows right now. The four men nearly bent double laughing. 
No, it's not funny, Horton said, laughing, uh, letting the, the pistol glint again. Everybody's organizing. This mill didn't organize and one shot it back. This town didn't need organizing. We don't want people like you. We are the last people who want to be organized. You are the people who need it most, Horton called back, thankful he'd gotten into talking. If you aren't organized, you're going to have a problem. One of the four of you are going to have to kill me. There's no question about it. But I'm going to kill at least one of you, maybe two. Now you've got to get organized, and so you can decide which one of you is about to get dead in a few minutes. You have to decide how this is going to be worked out. Silence followed. Horton hammered on. You beside the car. Do you want to die? Are you going to be the de- Are you going to be dead in five minutes? Or you next to him? Which one of you fellows is ready to die? No one answered. Now I'll get two of you, and I might get three. One of you will get me. Now I can help you get organized, so you can decide which is the one person who's for sure going to get me, and the other three who may get killed. And who's going to get killed first? Then we can get on with this business. The men wavered. They got in their car and left. Horton says that was the best organizing speech he ever made. Wow. <laughs> I was just, like, before you read that, I was going to make a joke because like, what did he read on the Communist Manifesto and they all like left and kind of. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good a pretty good uh, uh, anecdote for the history of organizing. Oh, that's great, man. Horton, here's a who. What a guy. <laughs> um, okay, so. What else is there? Anything else? Anything? Uh... Hmm. Let's talk about a movie or something. We we get a little less serious with it. We could yeah. we could we could drill. Hey, you know what? We've been playing Smash Brothers. We've been playing Smash Brothers. Finally playing together. Yep. And I was curious. Uh, now that you've had a lot more time to play with the game and, and experience it, what's your opinion? Still, still your favorite Smash? You think? Best Smash game. <laughs> I'm just saying. I just it is. It's insanely fun. The character variety is great. Um, you can. You can just have you have so many possibilities, so many mashups, and it's it's just I've just never played a game like it. I just, I'm very very obsessed with it right now. I just, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be very big in the future. It's gonna, as soon as the meta develops and stuff gets really really fun, it's just gonna be such a fun game to play around with and be online and uh, take part of all the trends. So yeah, I, I'm just I just love it. Cool, cool. Um, I've been enjoying it as well. I've I unlocked all the fighters last night. We did yes. that. You're you're, um, you're a different Smash player than me. We, I we have different um, <laughs> outlooks and uh, feelings towards the game. Yeah, I, I would say that you're definitely more skilled than I am. Um, whereas I'm just an, I'm just, I don't want to have fun. Basically, just want to yeah. uh, uh, play a different character and see how it goes. I was playing as Link for a long time. This morning I practiced. I, I got Palutena and then I practiced as. Uh, who is it? Um, Corin and yeah, Zero Corrin. Suit Samus are both pretty fun Fire for me. Yeah. So those are, those are okay. Uh, I think personally that all the different modes it has, the ways you can you can play it, very fun. A lot of cool stuff in there to do. I tried Classic Mode. That was pretty cool. It was oh, a, that's good. They, 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 now Classic Mode is different for each character, which is really cool. Uh-huh. There's like a story to it kind of for each character you play as, huh? who they face and stuff. I have not touched World of Light yet. I do want to at some point. Me neither. Because it seems like a, they put a lot of work into it. They did. They're like a lot of the game actually goes there. Someone showed me a, a point where you're fighting a snake, and you had to fight the boss from Metal Gear Solid Three. It's actually just Samus with a, with a different like a costume on, but you're actually fighting the boss. Yeah, they have the, the spirits that alter it to where it is kind of like the boss. From that yeah, game. it was pretty cool. I was yeah. like, okay, they put a lot of work into this. Actually, they yeah. they, they really uh, went off on this this mode. Um, so yeah. I think Smash is uh, really fun so far. Yeah, I look forward to playing plus, more of it. A-plus game. Best game of 2018. Really? Yes. Even of better course, than Red I Dead. I haven't played um, God of War, which I think is the best game. 
Um, I did play Red Dead. I think it's better than Red Dead. Um, well, Spider-Man's good. Spider-Man is a big contender for best game of 2018. It's true. A little short for me, though. I think mm-hmm. if the game was a, had a little bit more gameplay, maybe a couple more... I feel like at the end... Spoilers. Not really. At the end, they kind of rushed some of the bosses. They put a bunch of bosses together, mm-hmm. which I feel like some of them could have had their own fleshed out I mean, you know, hour or two of missions. That would have been better. Um, any other big games? I mean, there's probably are the... I don't play all the big games that come out every year, so I don't actually know if there's something I'm missing. Um, uh, dude, me neither. Yeah. Talking to the wrong person for, for big... I don't know. I've been enjoying Solaris 2.2. We talked about this. Megan yeah. Corp. They've been making it better. Um, I've been playing Magic the Gathering Arena. Oh, yeah. This is a big thing for you. Which is... Uh, for folks out there who have played Paper Magic, uh, one of my favorite... Probably my favorite card game, definitely, of all yeah. time. Love Magic. But the problem was is that it's really hard for me to play it in person anymore because I mean, all my friends have moved away to different places. Yeah, you gotta go to a card shop and th- card shops are kind of going by the wayside. Now yeah. Really playing. And plus, people who go to a card shop to play aren't the kind of people you want to associate with in person, really. I won't say that. I, I will. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, 50% of them. Yeah, okay. Because I, I, I had a friend who played Magic in college I'll go to him with like, on sometimes like Friday Night Magic just like watch them play. Some of those guys. First yeah. of all, Somehow, some of these people don't shower. That's true. That's a big problem with Smash, too. There's a mm-hmm. big movement in the Smash community. People at tournaments, tournaments weren't showering. Oof. So they had to, like, they've had to, like, make this a big thing. And I don't know why it's, it only affects these markets, like card games and fighting games. But something we need to get better as as a community, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, things like that just kind of turn me off from the whole thing. But some of those issues are solved with Magic yeah. the Gathering Arena. Well, one of the problems also is that people at the card store that go there are generally going to be playing their really good decks. They have a lot of money yeah. to spend on the good cards. Yeah, they spend all their money trading and like, making good decks. Right. Uh, so that was a problem for me. So, and the other thing is, is Magic Online exists, but it's a pretty shitty program. It's not well supported. Yeah. And, and Jewels of the Planeswalkers was never amazing. It was, I thought it was really fun, but it, has, it was only single player. It was yeah. multiplayer. It was all versus AI. But Magic Arena is the same team that made Duels of Planeswalkers. And they've taken the same uh, very well-made GUI and the whole uh, feel of the cards and the noises and the interactions and made it into an actual true multiplayer game. And it's actually super fun. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I finally did enough to put together my own blue, mono blue deck. And I've been having I've been having pretty good success with it. Yeah. But honestly, the best game I've played this year, I'm going to be 100% honest, it didn't come out this year. And every time I play it, I fall back into it. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Can't talk enough about how it's literally the best video game I've ever played. And yeah, I just I recently you know, was playing it a little bit, and it just it just gets to you. You just you want to jump right back in and do it all again. I've done, I've done three separate all shrines runs. Um, I love the game. So yeah, Breath, that's of, the best game I've played Breath of the Wild is the game that Red Dead Two wants to be, in my yeah. opinion. When it comes I, to I really it's feel like that way because Red. I mean, I don't know. I I still do believe that some of the love for Red Dead Redemption Two is unwarranted. Um. But it was in the overall it was still a very good game, but it was it didn't hold a candle to what Nintendo did with Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's like the survival elements are are in both games, but they're so much better in in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, the whole like the system in Red Dead Redemption Two of like having your amount of stamina and then your stamina core and then your amount of health and your health core and having the same thing for your horse. It was just so it was like why do I have this core? Why don't I just have an amount? 
why can't I eat to get more and get shot to get less? Why is there this weird extra system on top of it all? Right. Breath of the Wild streamlines all the stuff we've been working with 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 um, uh, open world games for so long and just perfected it all. And I don't know why people like honestly, fuck it. G- good artists steal steal what they did. They did it right. Okay? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that some of those problems persist. Um. In games like Red Dead, but someday people figure out the Nintendo like. It, I don't know. People still have this weird like idea in their head that Nintendo isn't serious anymore. Like Nintendo, they don't they didn't make all these serious games. They're still like the people just buy it to play Smash. Thing. But the thing is, they're making they've consistently, in my opinion, made the best games of their generations, or at least been up there. Like yeah. games like you know, even with games like Smash Brothers, Breath of the Wilds, um, stuff like Xenoblade for the Wii. Like people don't even talk about how good the Xenoblade Chronicles for the Wii was. Yeah. I'm very good for that generation. So, yeah, I mean, GameCube had Wind Waker, which was the best yeah. game of that entire generation yeah, as well. GameCube had Wind Waker. Um, and yeah, people just try to overlook Nintendo in a lot of aspects. And I don't know. I just think that, I mean, of course they did they did win a ton of accolades of Breath of the Wild. But I still feel like there's this core people who like will only ever buy an Xbox or a PlayStation and don't even worry about stuff like Switch. Yeah. Which, in my opinion, so far this generation, the Switch is the best console. Oh, for sure. In my opinion. If it could stream. Can it still not stream? It still can't stream. It still can't stream. It's so weird. If it could stream, like, like throw, especially since it has that portable element, you, mm. you feel like Netflix and Hulu would be throwing their stuff on that. So I don't get it. We'll figure it out. Uh, the other problem I have with the, with the Switch is purely aesthetic, and it's, it's such a this is counterintuitive, but it's so small that when I plug up my Pro Controller to play with it. I have on multiple occasions pulled it off of its stand uh, when I when I pulled the the cable back because it's like it's nothing it's, it weighs like less than a yeah. pound so it can easily get pulled onto the ground and that's a that's a frightening yeah. moment. And at first, for so long, I was like, I'm never even going to use the portable element of the switch. I know you still don't, but like now, like sometimes I go to work and I don't give a fuck about any of the people who work around me. So <laughs> like, I just want to play a game while I'm at work. So I can pull out a switch and have a whole console game. I can play Smash or Octopath Traveler. Well, I'm at work just at lunchtime, just, you know, get on my lunch, just play a game for a little bit. Yeah. And it's really cool to have an entire console with me, not to have a play game on my phone or on my DS, which, I mean, DS is still great, but it's just a different different level of game. And I have that right there for me. That's just, you can't beat that. So, I, I, I don't know. I think that makes sense. And the thing, thing I'm worried about is Netflix, I mean, Netflix, Nintendo ends, kind of confused me. Mm-hmm. Um, they... They always try to switch it up with their next console, but I think the Switch is a great concept, and I don't. I think they should just keep making Switches from now on. I think the Switch they shouldn't stray from this because people love it, and everyone I talk to loves the the whole concept of the Switch, and I think they should keep it this way. I like yeah. it a lot. Well, you know, the Wii U had the the detachable screen thing, so I feel like the, the Switch is a refinement of that. Yeah. So I would be curious to see what the refinement of the switches that continue down this path. Yeah. What would that look like? Yeah. And you know? the switch also creates a whole new class of mobile games because like, you don't mm-hmm. have to have a TV. You don't have to have any of the stuff that has always kept people from being able to have a console. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have any of it. All you have to do is have the stand and have enough space for the switch itself. You can charge it. You can play with it, and you can just take it wherever you want. If you don't ever want to play on TV, is the screen on the switch? Is it touch? Can you? Can you? No. Can you can, oh, is no. it touch compatible? Yes. No. I don't actually know. I've never touched the screen. I think it, I think I've actually tried it, and it it, it is touch compatible. I think. Well, let's, hey, we're gonna do a live in studio test right now yeah. on the Switch. We're gonna see. It is touch. Screen. It is touch screen. Yep. Okay. Because here's the thing. Oh, I'm gonna play Smash. <laughs> I'm gonna play Smash touch screen. There you go. I wonder if that's an option. Oh my god. There's a game I play on my phone, and it's one of those shitty, uh, like pay a lot of money phone games. If you want to like actually, but it's just like the the core gameplay for me is fun. It's called Legendary. You ever seen this game, Seth? 
Mm-hmm. You've probably seen it advertised. Yes. It's like a game where you have these like colored little balls, or just like match them up, like do it as fast as you can in a certain amount yeah. of time, like sort of combo. And it's not like the most incredible game, but it and it's like all oh, this like throw money at it to get stuff. But I would love to have that on the Switch. It's just a, a real quick match advantage you can with your finger type of game. That'd be fun. Yeah. Do that. Put it on the Switch. We'll see that. Yeah. And the Switch, like, it's, it's opened up a, a floodgate for Nintendo to finally truly embrace indie games. There's so many indie games on the Switch now. Cheap, digital-only games that studios can just put out. Um, so, yeah, there's just so many options with the Switch. And the fact that one thing that I love is that if you want to expand the storage in your Switch, you just buy a micro SD card. Put it in and you're good. With Way you, simpler to upgrade than upgrade anything from Xbox and PlayStation Four. It's such a fucking pain. Yeah. Uh, Switch. You can you can buy a 256 400 gigabyte SD card. Throw it in there. You're good. What do those cost? Um, it's like forty five dollars for like a 256. Those go down. Like I know during Black Friday they were like twenty bucks for 256. And the thing is that Nintendo actually did that. Not a lot of people who use micro SD do is. Let's say I put in a 256 and I fill it with games somehow. I just buy all those games and I don't want to de- delete any of them. I can buy another card and I can just switch them out whenever I want to play those games. Interesting. Those and those those games persist no matter what. Oh, okay. Um, and always stay associated with your your machine. So. Yeah, I've always heard that like you can take your PS4 and put a solid state and it'll be much faster, but it's still you have to put an actual full price solid state drive in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, and you also have to take apart your PS4. Right. With a switch, you just open up one one little compartment, put it in, you're good. So speaking of things that are great. Yes. And that we like. Seth, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm thinking, I'm saying, think big here. Think on the scale of global change or political action. What do you want to see happening? What's your What's your Christmas gift? What would you want for uh, for Christmas? I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I said it earlier. I want ten guillotines. <laughs> and I want us to roll out the bourgeoisie and not even give don't not even give them their final words. Oh. Just throw them in there. Done. All right. And cool. then uh, we'll put the power in the hands of the people. Okay. How All about right. you? Uh, I would. I mean, of course, I agree with you. I, I, I would. I would like that. Um, I guess in the larger sense, uh, I want to see the American left get organized, get out there, get shit going. That's probably a much more realistic. Stop being either. so goddamn factional about shit. I don't give I don't give a fuck who fucked anybody else. I don't give a shit about who won't wash the fucking dishes at the meetings. We need to get our shit together and get working. Yeah, there's bigger issues. Like I have to see I see especially on the left, like there's so such petty reasons people won't just come together and it's like just just do it. Just, we'll, we'll settle all this later. It doesn't matter. I don't give a shit who uses the wrong kind of language or who who, who won't abide by, by your weird like laws on, on what can and can't be said. Forget about that. You want the same thing. You have the same fucking goals. So put that behind you and just yeah. get shit done. Every good revolution was made for people who probably didn't 100% agree with each other. No. But knew that they had something in common and fucking acted on it. Right, yeah. Uh... So, I guess in effect, what we're, what we're asking for is a uh, massive social change yep. on, a, on a huge That's all we want for Christmas, Santa. Huge scale. Bring it on, Santa Claus. I mean, hey, Santa Claus wears red. He does. He wears a he lot of red. That's true. He's never been different. And you know, they never actually said if Santa's elves are exploited or not because we don't know if Santa has any profits. Maybe they're all there in a big communal thing that, and he he's he, a commune. Yeah, maybe his job is he goes out and gives the toys away, and the elves are the ones who build them, and everyone shares together in, I guess, the profits of their of their work. Yeah. Maybe the royal governments pay Santa. I don't know. Yeah. 
Maybe the the elves haven't understand that Santa's Santa's main magical power is to use it one time a year to mm. go around the world. And they're like, yeah, we'll build the stuff he needs to do this because that's what he provides for. If we provide, you know, this ability to make toys. He's got mm. the ability to give them out. Boom. Yeah, yeah. We all work together. And also, Santa gives toys to everybody, yeah. which is an equal distribution. Even the people on that, that island. The Sentinel Islands. Island. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they, they get further too. Oh, man. They, they tried to knock his sleigh out of there one time, but he got away. So, uh, in summation, uh, Elenials podcast, uh, Merry Christmas, everybody, have, have, or happy, happy holidays. holidays, I guess, if you celebrate yeah, something else. Of course. That's cool, too. Or if you don't celebrate at all, hey, you know what, enjoy the, maybe a couple of days off of work happy if you get winter one. Happy wintertime. Happy wintertime. In the words of the Dean from Community, one of the greatest shows ever, Merry Happy! <laughs> So that's been Lilo's podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm at MC Surf. On Twitter at Life of Seth. Uh, our art is done by the elusive and uh, sometimes present, possibly imaginary, possibly imaginary uh, Marcus Barkley. Our theme song was done by Ben Powell. Um, if you if you like it, uh, check him out on his podcast Southern Smackdown. They talk about uh, WWE and other wrestling outfits, uh, and they're both from the South. So that's yeah. where he got the name. Uh, so you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Fuck First Reformed and Kevin Durant. He's back on the list. Uh, we have stopped trying to solve our problems. We're trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the Illennials Podcast, baby. We're out. Out.